When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I love Anchor because it allows me to record without having to spend thousands of dollars on equipment that I would probably have difficulty using anyways. So Anchor makes it all possible with a simple app. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me, Lou Mavs, and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from, like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus Album, the King Diamond Podcast, with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for those who love politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido, ex-Stradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast, and the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like Podcast and The Laughcast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You're listening to the Music is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. What's going on, everybody? Music is Life with Lou Mabs. Back for a new episode. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, as I've always said constantly, you could always find me on the Rat Style Review Network and the show, and the show is produced through Anchor. So I uh, definitely want to give a big shout out to Anchor. That's who I always drop at the beginning of the show because that's how I record the podcast in the first place. And uh, if you don't subscribe to Rat Style Review, please do because they got a bunch of great shows on that network. But you could find my show there, iTunes, 
uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of other places. So it's uh, about 5 to 11. It's Sunday night, June 14th, 2020, and I just wrapped up uh, another Uber Eats run. (laughs) And uh, pretty successful night, so I'm happy about that. And, you know, this is the only time I really get to do it. So, yes, I'm in Lay Studio Corolla. <laughs> you know, just talking my thoughts as I'm driving home. And, you know, a lot of stuff going on in the world today. I uh, noticed that the last couple of episodes I did, I was talking about, you know, different things. I had uh, Wayne, the dude who runs Ratsau Review. On my show last week, we were talking about the Owen Hart episode of Dark Side of the Ring. And before that, I was just uh, talking about a bunch of stuff, including uh, Cannibal Holocaust. And now I think I'm convinced that I'll probably release the Music is Life t-shirt and on the back say, I'm a Hannibal Holocaust fan since (laughs) sometimes I get it mixed up. I don't know, Cannibal and Hannibal. But there's no such thing as a call a host. So maybe I'll just trademark the word. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And the week before that, did an episode with my college buddies, Matt and Bob, who I may have on again at a later date, later episode. Probably talking about, I don't know, maybe our top 10 favorite metal albums. Mind you, we said our top 10 favorites, meaning Matt's top 10 favorites, Bob's top 10 favorites, my top 10 favorites. We're not saying that they're the best of all time, but they are our favorites. And we're perfectly entitled to do that. Um, but uh, I remember I said a while ago that my next two shows were going to be specific things. Uh, One related to music and the other one related to my love of trauma films. So this is not the episode about trauma films. This is actually about uh, something that happened to me recently uh, in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. And maybe I'll relate it to something later on that's uh, relevant to what's going on at the time. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see. We'll see how... uh, (laughs) We'll see, we'll see where the conversation that I'm having with myself right now as I'm recording this takes me. But, um, so March 13th was the last official hard drive gig that we performed at the Village Idiot Pub in Lake Grove. Now, mind you, that doesn't mean that we broke up. It just means that that was the last show that we did that we could do before the pandemic shut everything down. We had a bunch, a bunch of shows lined up, actually on a weekly basis, heading into September. And since March 13th, we've had to cancel every show. Um, I don't know when we're going back to the stage. I have no idea. I'm not holding my breath and I'm not freaking out about it. It is what it is. To be quite honest with you, as much as music is an important part of my life, the most important thing I have in my life is my relationship with my family, my my wife and my daughter. 
and just making sure that they're okay. You know, you, you kind of got into perspective where your priorities lie. And look, my daughter's going to be two next month, in the month of July, July 21st. And it's important for me to be there for her in her formative years. Because now she's communicating, now she's, you know, she'll, she'll remember things at this age in her life. Um, that being said, music is still incredibly important to me. And, you know, I was going on Facebook Live and doing some, doing some videos where I was just playing to my favorite tracks. And I wasn't aiming for perfection. Um, I was looking to challenge myself. A lot of the songs that I was playing were songs that I, A, haven't played in years, and by years I mean decades, or B, songs that I never played before in my life. There were mistakes, there were flubs, but I enjoyed doing it, and I appreciate everybody who viewed them, who commented on them, uh, who had constructive criticism for me to better myself, you know, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 40 in October and I've been playing guitar since I was 12 back when my dad bought me an acoustic guitar that lasted me about nine years <laughs> till it finally, you know, went kerplunk, <laughs> you know, it, it was a, it was a, it was a hundred dollar acoustic guitar that I think you know, honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't have been surprised if New Jack had broken a guitar like mine over somebody's head in ECW. That was the material that it was. But I still appreciated that guitar, and I practiced like hell every day, eight hours a day for so many years just to improve and get better. And if there's one thing I, I, I think is true about music... Once you stop practicing, once you stop learning, you know, different ways to, you know, hone your craft, uh, I think you might as well just give it up. Really. So, over the course of the pandemic, a lot of the Long Island musicians did a cover of We Are the World. Um, solely for the benefit of bringing hope to the essential workers in, in the hospitals. Um, I wasn't asked to do it. It didn't bother me that I wasn't asked to do it. Personally, I'm not a fan of the song. But I had many friends that did contribute to it. And, you know, I, I, I praise all of them for their efforts to do something positive in the light of the pandemic. Not just for the New York essential workers. I really hate using that term. Um, I think everyone's essential at what they do, but unfortunately I don't make the rules. Uh, but for essential workers all around the country, all around the world. So you know, I, I praise them for it. And I remember I was uh, talking with uh, my friend Gary Factora, who's the lead singer of Panic, who him and I performed together 
for many, many years as members of Snakes and Arrows, the Rush tribute band, the one that I'm managing right now. <laughs> um, and Gary said, uh, you know, a couple of the musicians in the hard rock community in Long Island are putting together um, a cover of Ronnie James Dio's Stars, which was the metal equivalent to We Are The World that was recorded in 85 and released in, like, January 86. I mean, the video, you watch the video, and it's, it's, it was a who's who of, of metal and hard rock bands from the 80s. I mean, you had Rob Halford of Judas Priest. You had Dave Murray and Adrian Smith of Iron Maiden. You had Dave Minichetti of Y&T. You had, uh, man, Don Dockin. You had uh, Paul Shirtino of of uh, Rough Cut at the time, before he joined Quiet Riot. Kevin DeBrow of uh, Quiet Riot. You had so many members of the metal and hard rock community in the 80s on this one song, all collaborating and putting their best efforts uh, to releasing a song where they raised in the millions for famine relief in Africa. So, Gary said that, well, there's a, you know, there's talk that some members of the hard rock community might do it. And he said, would you be interested? I said, I Maybe. I don't know. Haven't really thought about it. And the next day, I get a text message from Greg Hawk, the bassist of Snakes and Arrows, who is a dear friend to me. Um, he's filled in for Doc on bass for Hard Drive many times. And, uh, yes. Essentially, he's the guy that replaced me in Snakes and Arrows. But, look... The, the day that Snakes and Arrows, that lineup ended, was a day that I had to take my dog into the hospital for corneal ulcer surgery in his right eye. So I'm glad I didn't have rehearsal that night. I'm, I'm glad I was told I was not in the band anymore because my best friend, my pup, Aloysius, who was who had just turned one a couple of months prior to that, he needed this surgery. So again, priorities. And I'm not mad at anybody for that because I was there for my best friend, my pup. And yes, I'm an animal lover. I love my dog. I don't care if you think less of me for that or if you think little of me. I really don't care. Um, like I said, in my life, my family comes first. And yes, that includes my, that four-legged bastard that I love dearly. But I'm digressing right now. So Greg said, hey, I got to, I, I told the guys that you'd be really good at adding a guitar solo to this song. Would you be interested? And I said, oh, yeah, sure. That's fine. So they said, okay, get in on the Zoom call tonight. And this was back in mid to late March, sometime around there. So I'm, I'm talking with Rob Bohr, the guy whose idea it was to do this. His friend, uh, Corrado Muzaga. If I'm pronouncing your name wrong, Corrado, I'm sorry. And I'm noticing other faces, other names that are on this list. There's Heather Grace, my friend who plays guitar for the 
all-female Bon Jovi tribute, Lay Your Hands on Me. There's Jake Miller of Completely Unchained in there. There's PJ, the former drummer of Bottoms Up, who's producing the track. There's, there's Gary. Gary ends up on the call. Um, this kid, and I, I call him a kid because I'm about 20 years older than him. And you look at him and he, and he literally looks like a young Randy Rhodes back in the day when he was in Quiet Riot in the 70s. Uh, this kid, Damiano Christian, whom, all due respect, I never heard of him. But everybody was saying, you know, no, this, this kid's good. I said, oh, I'm looking forward to hearing him. So, and there are other guitar players that I met, like the Ed Ruiz of, um, of uh, the Molly Crew tributes on Long Island and uh, a bunch of other guys that I ended up becoming uh, friendly with. My old bandmate, Jason Perez, uh, was in on the call as well. Uh, Jason played bass in the Rebel Medium with me for a while. And, you know, it was it was great to see him because he had kind of been incommunicado for a while. His reasons that I respect, and I won't divulge, but it was just great to see him and see that he was in on this. So Rob and Corrado were the guys that were talking about this, and they were you know, uh, explained to us what was going on. And I basically said, hey, listen, um, I think it would be only fair that all the guitar players on here get a guitar solo, or at least they'll get highlighted in the guitar solo, because it's about 64 bars of guitar solo. So let them get their chance at the spotlight I'll just do the the riff or I'll do a, one rhythm track you know what I mean I don't have to do a guitar solo I was willing to give up my spot on the track to anybody else who well everybody else who I thought was more deserving because personally I mean there are guys that have been on stage doing it longer than I have and I was just like you know they should be heard but when I saw Johnny Wildchild uh dear, dear friend of mine for, you know, almost 10 years, when he was on the track, I'm like, no, Johnny needs to be heard. In my mind, all these other guitar players needed to be heard before me. So I said, look, I'll just do the rhythm. I don't need to do a guitar solo. And they're like, no, 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 no. Just put, put, record your best efforts and we'll choose the best. Just like they did it in the uh, original track. I said, okay, no problem. But like I said, I'm willing to give up my spot on the track for these other guys who I feel are more deserving of it. And once again, Corrado said, no, Lou, don't worry about it. We're going to pick the best parts of everyone solo. So do you think? I'm not going to lie to you. This was the hardest thing for me to do as a guitar player because I 
through Dropbox, PJ was able to send us the drum track, the rhythm track, the bass track, and all we had to do was record, you know, our own guitar solos over the 64 bars. And they were going to like cut and splice like they did on the original track. Do you know how hard it is to record a guitar solo that's 64 bars? You got to know how to really figure out not each measure, but like let's say that each measure uh, let, let's say that, that that let's say that each um each part of the solo is a collection of 12 measures. All right? So you got to figure out how to play something different in those, you know, around that. By the way, I say 64 because it's 12, 12, 12, 12, 16. So you do the math, that comes out to 64. So I kind of cheated a little bit. What I did was I wrote a part out and I recorded it. Cut, print, go on to the next track, start from there. 12 bars. Cut, print, previous track, another 12 bars. So I went back and forth like that. And it took me two days for me to say, you know what, I'm happy with this. Did I come out with the most face-melting uh, shreddy solos? No. I didn't. With all due respect, I'm not a guitar player like George Lynch or Paul Gilbert or Steve Vai. I am nothing like those guitar players. I'm me. I play like me. You know, I'm... My biggest guitar influences are Tony Iommi, Eddie Van Halen, Randy Rhodes, and Michael Schenker. Throw in Richie Blackmore in there. Those are my top five. And I don't play like any of them. Because I never wanted to play like any of them. I just, you know, I, I use those five as like my blueprint, my template for helping me to come up with my own style of playing. Which I like to say that maybe I've achieved. But as I mentioned before, I never want to stop improving. But regardless, um, I gave forth the best effort that I could give for those 64 measures. In the end, I wasn't picked. Like, at all. I'm in the video because I'm lip-syncing the chorus. But, like, that's not even my voice in the video. It's just a video of me with my horns in the air and screaming, or at least it looks like I'm screaming, where stars to the camera. And I recorded it on my iPhone. And am I embarrassed about that? Am I sad that I didn't get picked? No. No. I honestly, I was 
even shocked in the first place that I was asked to be a part of it. I was grateful. I was very grateful to have been asked to, to be a part of it. You know, I never thought that I would ever get to a point in my life where I was respected enough by my peers to say, hey, jump in on this. I never thought that day would ever come. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw the final product and I saw Damiano was picked, I saw Jake was picked, I saw Eric Prestige, he goes by Eric Presti, but his full name is Prestige Como. He's the guitar player in uh, Jesse's Girl. When I saw these other guitar players get picked, I was like, wow, they made the right choices. And again, to have been asked to have contributed something to, to, to this degree amongst these other guitar players, I was truly honored. I was, you know, I was humbled by it. And they even posted the video of me and everybody was like, wow, Lou, that was really good. Great job, Lou. You know, and I was just like, ah, it really wasn't anything. But then everyone's like, no, dude, you got a sick vibrato. Like, Damiano was like, Lou, you're really good. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm nothing compared to you, but thank you. He's like, you don't need to be me, be you. You're really good. I said, no, dude, I think you're really good. And, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. And I asked him, I said, hey, Damiano, you think maybe you can give me some advice on how to improve? And he was straight up honest with me. He said, dude, you have some of the sickest vibrato that I've ever heard any guitar player use. Like, it's so on point, your pitch bends and everything. Um, and he gave me some really great advice. One was think one measure ahead before you do the next the next measure. That was a word of advice he gave me. Another word of advice he gave me was don't be afraid to use your pinky. And he's right about that. I I am I am the worst when it comes to using all four fingers on the left hand. I've mostly always use the index, the middle, and the ring finger, rarely the pinky. Why? I don't know. Um, maybe it's some kind of like, um, not muscle retention or muscle memory. I, I maybe I'm just not used to it. I don't know. I, cause I never played like freaking Paul Gilbert where I had to use my pinky for like sweet picks. So maybe in the back of my head, I just never allowed myself to use it. Um, but he gave me that. But he, he also gave me um, another poignant word of advice. When you're doing a solo, don't squeeze the shit out of the neck. <laughs> you know, just feel it out. But don't don't feel like you need to, you know, 
uh, asphyxiate the the string on the neck. You know, ease, be a little bit, play it with a little more ease. And he's absolutely right because for the longest time I was a Les Paul player and Les Paul necks are thick as hell. Of uh, A neck on a Strat or a neck on a, on a Jackson Adrian Smith model, it's thinner. So I shouldn't have to like squeeze the note out. You know, bend it, feel it out, write it out, just, you know, just, just uh, go about it a lot easier. And I'm not going to lie, it was the best advice that I've, I had ever gotten from a guitar player. I like it when a, a, a fellow guitarist provides me with constructive criticism, you know? And it doesn't matter to me if they're older, the same age, or younger. If you, If I know you're great at what you do and you're better at me when it comes to what you do, you know, I, I give that person all the credit in the world. And Damiano was nice enough when I asked him for advice. He gave it to me without any prejudice. He he just, he gave it to me and I'm incredibly grateful for it. So Damiano, if you're listening to this podcast, I just want to give you a big shout out. If you ever want to come on the podcast so we could talk shop, I'd love to have you on. You're a gentleman and an amazing musician. Definitely someone that people should take notice of. You know, just... You you, re- you really blow my mind with, with uh, how... Not just how good of a musician you are, but how good of a person you are. Because anyone else with their head up their ass would have told me, go fuck myself a long time ago. But you were nice enough to give me advice. And I'm very grateful for that. I thought the solo that you did for the song was amazing. I can't wait to hear more from what you do with your with your bands, both original and cover and tribute. I think you have a great road ahead of you. And I wish you all the best. So thank you for, uh, you know... Uh, for blessing me with, with great advice. I, I appreciate it. So the song was over and I had become friends with all these people and it got out. It got, it got coverage on Newsday. The article was written by, uh, Dave Kriblitz over at, uh, Dave and Dave Unchained, my favorite Van Halen podcast. So Dave, Thank you for getting the word out about the song and the video and the people involved on it. That was really awesome of you. And Corrado and I started like, you know, talking a lot back and forth and whatever. And this is where it gets personal for me. So Corrado is like me, uh, a fellow Astoria boy. Born and raised in Astoria, Queens, and both of us are graduates of Bryan High School. My brother Mike graduated from Bryan High School in 1986. Corrado posts a video of the Bryan Senior Jazz Band. And I recognize... No, 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 I'm sorry, I'm wrong. He posted a video of 
our old music teacher, Barry Delman, uh, playing a saxophone to a video. And I said, hey, I remember Corrado posted this, and I said, hey, that's my old music teacher, uh, Mr. Delman. Oh, my God. My brother Mike had him over at Bryan High School, where my exact words that I posted on uh, Facebook. And Corrado was like, wait a minute, who was your brother? I said, Mike Mavrudis. He said, wait a minute, Lou Mavs, you're Mike Mavrudis' kid brother? I'm like, how do you know my brother Mike? He said, I graduated with your brother Mike in 86. And I was like, what? You, Corrado knew my brother Mikey. And he even sent me a video um, from 1986. It was the Bryan High School Jazz Band, Corrado on drums, Mike on bass, led by our old music teacher, Mr. Delman. I got so choked up watching it because I never thought I was going to see any footage of my brother ever again. And to have seen that video, it, it filled me with so much joy. And I messaged Corrado on Facebook. I said, can I talk to you? And I gave him my number and he, and he called me. And just to hear the kind words that he had to say about my brother, Mike. And for him to say, I'm so happy that his kid brother followed in his footsteps when it came to music. And he said, dude, you got to see what they're saying about your brother, Mike, on Facebook right now. So I went on the uh, posting that he did. And they're like, I loved your brother. I miss him every day. I think about him every day and all this stuff. And um, for me, that was more rewarding than even having been asked to participate in the stars recording. Again, you got to get your priorities straight. To have been asked to have contributed anything to the video for stars was an honor. And I thank Rob and PJ and Corrado for having asked me to do it. Greg and Gary for even recommending me to do it. And right before the song was, was released, though, Gary, my, my dear friend, uh, had the biggest tragedy happen in his life. Um, his, his 24 year old daughter, Marissa succumbed to cancer in the middle of this pandemic. The kid had so much fight. I mean, diagnosed with a, a brainstem tumor when she was nine that apparently she's had all this time, but it was so small that no one could see it. And they were afraid to remove the tumor for fear that it might have caused a person uh, permanent brain damage. 
she was getting surgery after surgery after surgery. The poor kid went blind and the most beautiful thing about her was that no matter what crap she went through, she still fought through it like a champ. She still said, I'm not going to let this kill me. I'm not going to let this kill me. And she fought hard till she had her last breath. If my daughter Anna grows up to have half of the heart and courage that Marissa shows, showed, shows, I'd be so proud of her. Because in my eyes, Marissa truly is a warrior. You know, like that was just, um, Aaron and I were devastated when we found out about her. You know, I remember when Mikey died, uh, Gary's family watched Wishes. And he had only had his surgery just recently before then. And Gary and, and Wishy loved them and they loved him. Wishy, I remember when uh, Aaron and I took Anna on vacation last summer, Wishy stayed with um, Gary's family again. And poor Marissa was bedridden. Wishy stayed with her practically the whole time that he stayed there. I swear, the older I get, the more I realize I love dogs more than people sometimes. But um, my heart goes out to Gary and Michelle and Shane. Um, I love the Factora family and I value Gary's friendship. And Marissa, wherever your spirit is, you know, thank you for blessing me and Aaron with your presence in our life. We will always love you and we miss you. But um, back to, you know, the, with the discussion I was talking about. So, yeah. So thanks to Rob and Corrado and PJ for um, setting this up. Thanks to Gary and uh, Greg for even recommending me. And, um, you know, all my love to all the musicians who participated, the ones who were highlighted in the video. And, you know, it was just great to reconnect with friends like Jake again and with Jason and becoming very friendly with Heather you know, and thanks to Johnny Wildchild for, uh, you know, just just being him. He's a great guy. Can't say anything more about him. He's just awesome. You know, and very kind words to say about my guitar playing. So I, I thank you for that. But really, like, thank you to Damiano for um, helping me to improve. And when I thought about the the video, like the people that I had in mind that I was uh, really, really thinking about while I was doing this were my friends who were nurses, you know, whether they were human or veterinary, you know, I, 
I give a big shout out to my friend Nina Marie over in Jersey, uh, J Cats Lady, who's a uh, veterinarian specialist, you know, out there taking care of animals. So good on you. And uh, my friends Gina Grosso and Beth Trafflett. Also, my. Uh, man, so many people to name, but, uh, you know, my, my, my friend, Eleni Bravado is also a, uh, uh, an animal, uh, care specialist, you know, all these people who are taking care of people and animals during this COVID-19 pandemic, you know, I dedicated whatever I did, my contribution to the song to you guys. I love you all. And I'm glad to know that you are, as of this moment, safe. And, you know, I pray you guys still continue to stay safe. Which kind of brings me to uh crazy world we're living in right now. <laughs> With all this talks about defunding the police and um, Capitol Hill autonomous zones or... Chaz is Chaz, whatever. I don't think it's plural. It's, so far, there's just one of these autonomous zones in Seattle, and they call it a Chaz. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a douchey name, but whatever. I digress. But yeah, so here we go from, you know, praising what they deem essential workers, you know, the police, the fire departments, the nurses, the doctors, people working overtime in the hospital, people that haven't seen their family, you know, people who are suffering from uh, the pandemic. And and here we are now on the verge of releasing the phases for things to open up and a tragedy that was caught on film, the George Floyd mur uh, murders, um, sets forth protests, some people appropriating the protests to commit acts of violence and arson amongst communities. And here we are now at a point where it seems like common sense and decency has been thrown out the window and mob rules has taken over. I'm not gonna lie, when I saw those videos of, you know, people's buildings being caught on fire and all this and that, first song that popped in my head was Mob Rules by Black Sabbath. And that's exactly what it appears to me. Look, my parents came here in 1968 from Greece. I remember I asked my father, why did you leave Greece? And he said it for me in the, the most honest way I could explain it. He said, I didn't want the government to tell me how to raise you. Because at the time, Greece was becoming more and more socialist. And when he explained that to me, I understood. 
you listen, there are there are rights that we have in the United States that people in other countries are begging for. You know, but unfortunately, government in different parts of the world, well, they got too much pull, too much power. And, you know, a lot of the freedoms that I remember I had as a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s, for the most part, are still relevant today. When I was growing up, it was after uh, Jim Crow laws had been, uh, you know, extinct. And having grown up in the city, I'll be flat out honest with you. I, I never experienced, um, I never experienced racism. I never understood why there was hatred towards people who had a different complexion than me or were from a different country. You know, they're descended, they're, they were descendants of a different country than, than I was from. The way I looked at it, I'm like, hey, we're all here. We're American. Let's just be cool. You know, I never judged or based my friendships with people on their nationalities. <laughs> if anything, me being, you know, a, a, a descendant of Greek parents, I was trying to get away from being associated with only Greek kids. You know, like to me. skin color, your nationality, it didn't mean anything to me. When I got into high school, I was incredibly socially awkward. I didn't know how to talk to people. But the amazing thing was when I got to meet all the people from high school that I'm still friends with to this day wasn't because of what I look like. Wasn't because of, you know, my parental heritage. It was because they liked me. And I like them enough that I was able to open up to them. And they could tell that I was a weird, shy oddball but they still wanted me around. And, you know, my dearest friends in high school, I could tell you right now, there was, there was my friend, my best friend, Natalie, who was Croatian. There was my friend, Nancy, who was Romanian. My friend, Kiki, who was probably like my one Greek friend. My friend Lily, who was Burmese. The Wiggins brothers, John and Jamala. 
you know, two, two kids who grew up in the projects. I think there were eight siblings. And when I walked through the projects with them and people were like, nah, he's with us. He's cool. I was like, sup, <laughs> you know, just grateful that I had their friendship. And I remember I told Jamala, sorry, I told Jana, I said, do you know your friendship in high school saved my life? He's like, what, what do you mean by that? And I told him, I said, look, when I, when I first stepped foot into Brian, I was shy. I was timid. I wasn't brought up to hate anybody, but I just didn't know how to talk to people. And you made me feel good to be me. And for the first time ever, I felt like I had friends who, you know, well, they, they, they just loved me. And I told them, I said, we don't have to be besties for me to say thank you for being a positive person in my life. You know, you came in at the right time. And I thank you for that. And John was like, I had no idea. I'm like, well, it's not something you really talk about. You know, it's just, you know, you just, you just, um, I just wanted to make sure that I got to tell you, thank you. You know, and there was, there was just love growing up. I mean, like, I feel like in the nineties, you know, between like all the, I mean, dude, Brian High School was such a melting pot. I mean, like I said, I was, I didn't base my friendships based on, you know, your Greekness. <laughs> I based it on if I thought you were cool or not. You know, I mean, thank God that my, my friends, Steve and Saqib from middle school went to high school with me. Because, like, they were the only two guys that I knew. Them and our friend Andre. And, you know, then all of a sudden it's like my list of friends grew to expand because they they loved me for me. And I loved all my friends for who they were, not for what they looked like. And I still hold those principles to this day. Just because the world's gone insane doesn't mean that I have to. I won't give in to mom mentality. I won't give in to feeling like I need to apologize for anything, especially when I had nothing to do with any of it. The sad truth is that Cultures around the world were mistreated at one point or another. And you could look through history, you could see, you know, Turks doing wrong to Greeks, um, Turks doing wrong to Armenians. Um, I could keep going, but what's the point? You know, I think knowing history is incredibly important but growing from that history is just as important 
And I'll flat out say it. If you're going to judge somebody based on what they look like, as opposed to their content or their character, I don't want to know you. Because the most important people that I have in my life are my family and my friends. And my friends are my family. All of them. Regardless if they're black or white or Muslim or Christian or atheist or agnostic or Buddhist, Asian or any of that. Because once you become my friend, you become my family. And I stand by my family. Regardless of what they look like, what their beliefs are, because they're good to me. Because I made it a point to be good to them first. And I think that's... I would hope that that's something that everyone could take away. Especially from the last three months. You know... The last three months have been a shitstorm. I'm not going to point fingers and say whose fault it was or any of that. It was just a shitstorm. Let's just be honest. And I'm hoping that we as a society can grow from that. And I'm hoping they find something to cure this fucking pandemic because I'm jonesing to get on stage to play because I miss playing, but sorry, priorities matter. The safety and protection of my family comes first. And there's nothing more important to me than my family and my friends, and my friends are my family. So I'm going to leave it at that. Anyways... So, thanks for listening to Music is Life with Lou Mavs. And, you know, I'm glad I at least got to talk something about music today. And I hope that the last 15 minutes, I hope it just kind of like brings people together a little bit. And even if it doesn't, I didn't get on a soapbox and start saying, you know, (laughs) I didn't start saying what people have been tweeting about or posting Facebook about. I just want some kind of sanity to come back to the world because right now we could use it. And never underestimate kindness. That's all I could say. I think that that's a more important statement to say than all art is valid. I mean, all art is valid, but never underestimate kindness, I think is, um, you know, probably the takeaway from this episode because, uh, you know, it was the kindness of my friends, all of them that got me through high school. And it was the kindness of musicians in my community 
that, well, I'll admit it, helped in the healing for me since uh, losing my brother Mikey. And I thank you for that, Corrado. God bless you for that, man. Thanks. All right, so check out Rod Salary Review Network, available on Facebook and YouTube. Please buy a shirt from Wayne. He is trying to get rid of them. <laughs> check out Yakuza Kick Radio with my boy, Jake Cat Morris. Check out Talking Maiden, my favorite Iron Maiden-based podcast. Uh, check out Beyond Bushido with my boy, Eric Adams. And, oh, big shout out to Ralph Vieira, who just got out of the hospital today. It wasn't COVID-related. It was sepsis-related. And he's already out of the hospital. Ralph, love you. God bless you. Glad to hear you're doing better. And, you know, happy healing. And can't wait to do another podcast with you. And also Decibel Geek with uh, Aaron and Chris. So that's that. That's a wrap for Music is Life with Lou Maps tonight. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe. Never underestimate kindness. And remember, all art is valid. Looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Well, Rat Sound Review Network has plenty of shows to choose from. Like Rat Sound Review, where they discuss the latest rock and metal news, as well as interviews and albums. Album versus album. The King Diamond Podcast with Wayne Noon, Greg Noggle, and sometimes this guy. Smack him a gob! Ralph Vieira is also on our network with the Vieira Bowl. There's also Old Man Metal's Musings, where he discusses heavy metal and beer. Music is Life with Lou Mavs. The Right Opinion for Those Who Love Politics. A South Park podcast called Suck My Balls. The Infinite Fringe. A watch-along wrestling show called Beyond Bushido. Extradivarius guitarist, the Timo Tolki podcast. And the great Harry Barnett with I Don't Even Like podcast and the Laugh Cast. So check out RatSoundReview.com or search RatSoundReview on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. 